test of episode number 94. 95. Uh, episode number 95. <laughs> you you were kidding, right? I just looked this up. I thought it was 94. <laughs> Wait, was that wrong? I really thought it was 95. Oh, it's 94. You're right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so ready to call me out. Logan, usually, listen, just because I usually don't know what I'm talking about. So let me get this straight. So Brian Singer decides not to do X Men Three. Oh, what I just read today, what he wanted to do instead. Well, uh, Superman Returns. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm moving. I'm jumping ahead to. I was talking X Men Three. Or first class. Okay, yeah, X Men uh, Three. Right, he wanted to do Superman Returns, which has already been like is already now like a foot footnote in movie history, while X Men Three has. Uh, is a bit of a, a bit more of a following, I guess, only because it's so bad. Well, I, I know mo- most people think X Men Three is pretty terrible, but yeah, X Men Three is a more notable footnote for being worse, I would guess. I, I don't know. I feel like X Men Three will go down. Well, if, okay, I, I really I don't know. This is a stupid thing to say. Uh, I feel like oh, Superman Returns. Here's a better way of saying this: has already been forgotten. Well, no matter what, people who don't even like X Men Three tend to watch it because now it's part of a series. But I think X-Men 3, it's like, if you're not even really into X-Men, you're not going to make it to 3. Whereas Superman Returns is such a weird novelty that occurred, that it's like, what was that with that weird Superman movie that came out surrounding no other Superman movies in the in the mid-aughts? And it was actually kind of a sequel to the second one, but not the third and fourth one in the early series. Right. Um, it, it's Yeah, I, I don't know. I brought up Superman the other day because I was talking about uh, superhero films just at work, and uh, because we were talking about how a lot of like Spider-Man, for instance, is getting a reboot right now, that sort of thing. And they mentioned the same things happening with Superman. That reminded me, I was like, hey, remember that Superman movie? And they really honestly did not until I had to remind them what the story was. They didn't like, remember Superman. But then again, you work with 12-year-olds, to be fair. Yeah, no, that's true. This wasn't at work, though. I never said that. No, I mean um, your pervy van that you drive around in. Oh, collecting oh no, no. They, yeah, they call me Van Man around these blocks. <laughs> van Man? Like, here comes Van Man. What's Ted he got in his pants this time? <laughs> Ted Vanaman? <laughs> Ted Vanaman, yeah. Um, uh, well, Ted, uh, Brian decided not to direct uh, X-Men 3 so he could go up to Superman. It didn't really work out. Then they were like, okay, that didn't work out, but we still want to make more X-Men movies. So he came back to produce but not direct a new movie telling the swinging 60s origins of the X-Men called X-Men First Class. Did he produce uh, Wolverine? I don't think so. Okay. I could be wrong. Maybe he did. I could be wrong. I don't actually know the answer to that. Um, All that being said, apparently he was uh, approached to direct First Class. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how long ago this was, but he turned it down for something else. Now I can't remember what the other thing was. Um, I felt like it was something big. I don't know either. Yeah. Anyway. In Brian Singer like... news, though, was that a different? Was that a new Bad Hat Harry logo at the beginning of this movie? Yes, because it's. I don't. Was it Usual Suspects before? Yeah. Well, it's Usual Suspects. That was Usual Suspects, but like I, I've only seen. I think I've only seen the TV version, which is the you know that's some Bad Hat Harry. But I yeah, don't think no, that's I, been that in front one, of movies. I kind of prefer because that actually works in like the Jaws reference. Sure. Uh, where it should be. Well, this one's kind of like, look, here's a movie you all remember me by, which I thought was kind of a weird logo to come up with. It was kind of cool, but it was weird. I, I don't know. It's it's somewhat, uh, 
narcissistic, perhaps? To well, be like, yeah. Yeah, here, yeah, here's my big movie. Remember this? Yeah, that's why this movie's going to be awesome, because I made that movie, too. Well, it's your production company. I think you're okay to be a little self-indulgent on that. Um, I think most people will, like, maybe, like, reference, like, one little tiny thing, but he has, like, here's the, you know, the scene everyone knows from Usual Suspects. Um, but perhaps... That was the poster, you're right. Anywho, yeah, so... All that so, X-Men First Class. Now, Ryan, I w- let's get something straight, because I tried to, and I did the same thing with Wolverine. Um, I tried to figure out the continuity between Wolverine, which claimed it was a prequel to the X-Men trilogy. Yeah. And the continuity is all over the place. I think we we know we did a show on Wolverine. I think I brought up a lot of this, mm-hmm. um, or it didn't make any sense. Now, as I was watching this movie, now it's been a long time since I've seen Wolverine and the previous X Men films, mm-hmm. but I knew enough to be like, okay, this now makes no sense whatsoever in any sort of continuity. Well, um, and then it was explained to me online after when I went and read about it afterwards that everyone is saying this is actually a reboot, except for the studio who wants to try and tie it in with the other films. Yes. Um, so obviously, because that's a, a money grab right there. Uh, but no, I, I don't see how you could actually do that. It, it doesn't match at all. Well, it is a reboot, uh, although there's a lot of gymnastics going on in the script to try to make it work for people who do want to consider it a true prequel to the first Singer film. Because it, there's at least 11 separate characters who, for no reason, there's one offhanded line about how you're going to still look really young in 40 years. Right, like, right. you know, and that movie we haven't made yet. There's um, a few random cameos too one was like completely out there i thought and one was pretty awesome oh yeah i, I hope we, we know we're talking about the right ones i don't want to reveal either of them I yeah no, no I, I won't either um but that that's kind of like i, I don't know i, I kind of want to lodge a complaint about that though because it's weird that they're at times bending over backwards to tie them in but at the same time they're like oh but if you try to match them it's not going to work you know the biggest problem there i think that with if you're willing to you know have your sensibility stretched just a little bit I think that the biggest problem is um, uh, in this movie, Professor Xavier and Mystique are like fucking buddies for life. Like they're like he's uh, they really are basically like, step we... step siblings. Uh-huh, right, uh huh. Right. And then to go to a place where in the first movie, I don't remember Xavier even mentioning he's ever known Mystique in his life. Uh, that's the weirdest bit you have to get over. I think there's aren't as many of those as there were in Wolverine, where it's like shouldn't Cyclops remember Sabretooth or or Wolverine or somebody? Right, right. Uh, but at least. More of that. There's that, though, and that, I mean, if anything, the timeline in Wolverine works itself. Yeah, granted, like, they should remember blah, blah, blah. But this one, if it's a timeline that really gets thrown all over the place. For instance, uh, Emma Frost, okay. uh, we saw at the end of Wolverine, and we know that, like, that was the 70s, yeah, and this one, she's, like, full-grown in the 60s. Emma the Frost wasn't at the end of the Wolverine, was she? Um, yeah, wasn't she the Diamond Lady? Uh, well, there was a, okay, so she did have, there was a girl with those powers. I don't think that was supposed to be Emma Frost, though, or if it was, I'm going to let him off, because they never actually said that in the movie. Okay, well, there's other stuff, too. I don't want to ruin the end of First Class, though. No. I'm a lot of it involving uh, Professor X, uh, which I, I, I think, you know, any fan, if they think about it right now, they're going to think, oh, uh, bald and wheelchair. I think there's a lot of problems involving those two things that, get, that pop up here compared to uh, Wolverine and X-Men 3. Uh, well, and- suffice it to say that you, there, are, there are definitely issues there, but if they're going to say, okay, it's a reboot, I'm willing to, to go with it. Yeah, no, I want it to be a reboot, but what I'm saying is it's kind of weird that they, at mm-hmm. times, go over backwards to match them up. Including, and I just now, uh, these cameos aside from past films, um, this opens with a clip from the first X-Men film, correct? Which clip is that? Um, because it's the beginning, this is a real thing. We, we see uh, little Magneto as a kid, and... Oh, no, uh, it's not a clip. I, I mean, it's very similar. They reshot it, I believe. Oh, they, they reshot it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually did know, I was watching the credits, that they used the score from the X-Men film oh, during really? that part. 
Uh, so I, I, for some reason, I assumed it was an exact clip. Um, but okay, no, I'm fine with all this being reboot. I'm just uh, one minor complaint, and a few that I'm going to have about this movie. Okay, was that bit though? But I, the reason I brought that up because I want people to know that this is the beginning of a whole new thing, and I think that's good um, because uh, before we get into review, I want to say the X Men series was kind of lagging. I felt it was losing a lot of energy, and Wolverine did not revive it in the way everyone no. thought it would. Um, in fact, if anything, Wolverine hurt it. I, th- I thought Wolverine uh, was a slightly better film than X Men Three. Uh, but it still wasn't a great movie. I wouldn't say it was better than X-Men 3, but yeah, no, you're right. Definitely not a great movie. Um, should we quickly do the plot real quick? Yeah, let's talk about First Class. All right, so if you're not familiar with the X-Men, um, basically mutants, they fight bad guys. There's also a team of mutants who are evil. Actually, what? it's not so much evil. Let's get that Let's get that straight. So it's more of they, like... They want different things. Yeah, it's the the ideology is sort of modeled off the whole... Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X thing of like, you know, we're this group of people, we want civil liberties, we want uh, equal say and everything, but uh, this one group says, let's live together and do it peacefully, and this other group says we can only ever get what we, what we deserve by violence. And only one way, Ryan, will get you, will earn you a Spike Lee film. That's right. So, uh, the you saw all these same sort of dynamics of this peaceful cooperation versus, you know, overthrowing things uh, in, a, in a violent terrorist sort of way. Um, in the first X-Men movie, and now we're sort of taking that theme, which is the theme of the X-Men, back to its origins with a X-Men, Jim Henson's X-Men Babies type origin story, where we have oh, I wish. James McAvoy as young professor. And Ty Mandel. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Fozzie. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Michael Fassbender as uh, youngish Magneto, and a bunch of other younger X-Men characters, sort of the, the beginning of how the X-Men as an idea formed in Professor X's mind and uh, the initial sort of everybody learning they have powers stuff. And it seems like at, at first like it's going to be kind of a retread of the first movie because there's a lot of that same there's, theme. We, yeah, we got a lot of backstory actually from all three of the original X-Men films. Right. Including uh, a lot of flashbacks, right? But I think uh, it does a good job of standing on its own. So basically, it does. the idea is that they're going after Kevin Bacon who plays Sebastian Shaw and he is uh, going to try to, he's basically trying to start the Cuban Missile Crisis and uh, they both the mutants of pure intention and mutants of maybe questionable intention have to sort of band together to to stop it. Um, that's another one. Sorry, I need to stop bringing this up now. But yeah, I did read that Sebastian Shaw apparently appeared in one of the first three X-Men films. I don't um, remember, but I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I, I, I'll stop bringing that up now. No, it's, no, it's, keep... It's hey. on top of my head. It's like the last thing I read about this film when I came home yeah. uh, from seeing it. Anyway, uh, the, all that aside, uh, you mentioned some of the casting there. Uh, you dropped some names, and I want to mention that really fast. Uh... Um, James McAvoy, of course, who I haven't seen in a while now. He seemed to have disappeared from the British uh, films he was making for a long time. Uh, but him and the other guy, what do I know him from? Uh, he was in Glorious Bastards. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think great casting on both their ends. Totally. Honestly. Couldn't um, agree more. I think they both do a great job, and especially the uh, Glorious Bastards guy carries the film really well when he's by himself, I think, too. Yeah, um, he's uh, strong enough. Uh, he plays the character that well that you kind of uh, my kind of, some of my favorite parts about this film were the opening or was in the first act when he's out getting revenge. Oh yeah, uh, the things that happened to him. And in fact, I kind of I saw that this was originally envisioned to be a film about him, so those might be leftover script elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed all that parts, all that stuff the best actually. I was uh, surprised. Kind of cool yeah, I was surprised to to say, boy, I actually would have seen a Magneto origin movie. I didn't think I would have, but watching that yeah. stuff, like it felt to me like seeing, it felt like an adaptation of like a one-shot graphic novel that would come out that's like, okay. young Magneto, what did he, you know? It felt no, you, very true to the character and very cool to watch, sorry. Yeah, it was very cool to watch, especially, uh, like they, 
did a lot of stuff with Magneto that we haven't uh, like and honestly in the past films yeah Magneto's been a big threat right but all he's really done is like lift cars and bend guns and whatnot mm-hmm. we gotta see him do some really cool stuff in this movie mm-hmm. and a lot of that was like visually pretty like uh, it's pretty simple I'm kind, of, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do it in the past films you get the impression uh, that he's just Ian McKellen version of him was just tired like alright yeah, exactly right do this. Exactly. but he, his young Magneto he's showing off yeah, and, and that makes sense for the McKellen version because by that point, the, you know, they were trying to like, end this war or like, bring it to some sort of conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were tired at that point. Like, but regardless, all that's great. Um, and finally, uh, the casting of Kevin Bacon is a bit odd because he's a much bigger role in this film than any of the uh, promotional material would have you think, Ryan. Yeah, I actually didn't do much research. I wanted to go and clean. I didn't know he was playing Sebastian Shaw. I thought he was playing some government official who was going to have two lines with Emma Frost right. or something. And he ends up being lines. the main antagonist, yeah. Yes, and he—I think he does it pretty well um, through his Kevin Baconness. Now, when he starts to uh, to put on some uh, element of a of, of a comic book like outfit here, I think the movie kind of gets goofy, honestly. Um, but that's—I think it's important to the plot that that does happen at, at sometimes. Yeah, it's and it'll be okay if all that. I think just Kevin Bacon in that <laughs> in my head doesn't seem to match up so well. You're absolutely right, and at least they had one line of like, "Well, this is ridiculous looking." Yeah, it's right. <laughs> Which is how you win Logan over, by the way, if you're making a comic book movie. Right. Just acknowledge these things. Um, um, but that but did to... plot-wise work out pretty well. Yeah, it did, and I was happy with that. Um, so we, you know, we explained the plot. We hit on some of the characters here, uh, and um, I don't know further than the should... plot a bit. As far as we, oh, I'm sorry, was there something else? I was going to say, as long, before we talk, finish talking about casting, the two others that I think we need to mention are, um, I don't remember her name, Jennifer something from Winter's Bone, who was really good in Winter's Bone. Was she Oscar nominated? I think she was. She was, yeah. Uh, so you go from having, like, international supermodel in the first movie to Oscar nominated young actress in this movie. Uh, I thought she was, she was pretty good. She, mostly notable just because she was an Oscar nominee in this weird movie. And you could definitely tell the difference between when she's given really solid dialogue and when she's doing some sometimes kind of goofy X-Men dialogue it's not right. quite as believable as you'd want it to be um, and the other important casting note is um, uh, who was I going to mention it was a seemingly important at the time oh uh, January Jones yeah so uh, Mad Men's January Jones who is known to be sort of the weakest link of the acting prowess of Mad Men and uh, is basically living up to that name here Oh, so you saying she wasn't good in this movie then? I mean, I, I'm saying she was serviceable, she was fine, but she's definitely not stunning in what they're acting. Yeah, cast for looks, if anything. I'd exactly. Um, but I, I thought her whole character was kind of weakened. I, I felt like the script knew it too, because they kind of wrote her out of the last act. Yeah, I agree. Until um, they needed her again. Yeah, totally. Um, but that's all that's fine. Like, that's, I don't I don't. there are some structural things that I complained the most about with this film. Uh, but... Um, all that being said, I think this actually brings back that energy that I think I told you earlier in the show was lacking from the first uh, X-Men, from the from the later X-Men films, and especially from Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't say it goes in, far enough to revive this series, um, but as far as a, if you want to consider this a reboot, I think it does a great job. Um, it's uh, they, they got a cool visual director in there, too. Although, um, being a huge fan of Kick-Ass, I felt that had like a lot more style to it than this film. I felt like he toned the style down a bit. Um, except for a few montages and uh, maybe the end credits. Um, I kick ass, you're right. Comparatively, much more stylistic. But I think that's okay because this it was stylistic in a more subtle way. It was every frame felt like a '60s Sears ad. It was really, really weird and cool. Fairly yeah, like James no, Bondish. That's yeah, and I read that's one of the things he was going for. Is James Bond is something else? I probably something comic bookish um, that he was like trying to do when he made this movie, and I, that works for me. And one of the other things I love about this is that it's sort of based in. A uh, like alternate uh, non-fictional timeline, 
um, mm-hmm. with this whole Cuban Missile Crisis thing going on in the film. And I like that. I like that sort of thing because I'm putting it more in reality. Uh, it has the opposite effect of what Thor had on me. Okay. Um, like Thor, you know, like I said, like the biggest stuff of Thor is that a lot of it takes place in this planet. Do we decide this dimension? I still can't figure it out. Sure, something um, like that. Yeah, something like that, where like so much was just green screen and everything. But this seems more like more reality based. This is it's not you know to the point it's like Batman's just a guy out there, or whatever. But this is like really the X Men are working in stuff I know like from history and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to see them. And the, the movie it does at times reach goofiness, but I, don't, I think it never reaches this goofy extreme that I had from films like Thor. I also enjoyed that it didn't bend over backwards to try and this is obviously coming from Fox instead of. Uh, who is it? Is it Warner Brothers who's doing all the ex- all, all the Marvel films now? Uh, Marvel's doing anyway, all the Marvel films now. It's oh well no hold on because th- this okay X Men because it's a different studio they're not mixing the characters like the other studios that's doing um, like Thor Iron Man right well that's all Marvel Marvel Pictures or whatever I'm not sure who's distributing them but it's Marvel's the production company. Okay, I, I thought for sure though that they wouldn't be able to do that because those are actually owned by. Well, they aren't. That's why different- the X Men aren't in those movies. But you just said that's all Marvel. No, yeah, I'm saying Thor, Iron Man, and, and on the Avengers, the ones you're talking about there, you're saying, you said Warner Brothers, I'm saying it's Marvel. Right, but this movie's Marvel too? No, this movie's Fox. Okay, but I, I okay, so Marvel's actually making those films, but they're not making the X-Men films. Right, because they, Fox okay. has the rights. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, Same thing with um, Spider-Man yeah, and Sony. That's what I was saying, I just didn't know that Marvel was itself like a studio, I thought, you know, like it was being studio run like Warner Brothers or something like that. Yes, Marvel is their own production company now, although I think they might not be distributing, I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, So yeah, because of that, we're not getting all of them bending over backwards to try and work in other characters thing. Um, And the few times they do that in the movie, it's actually interesting, I thought. Uh, And obviously there's connections to the past X-Men movies, like we said. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of well done and 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 nifty for, I guess, fans or that sort of thing. Um, But overall, this wasn't a bad movie at all, Ryan. No, I liked it quite a bit. I thought that... um, it had that rare thing that I've mentioned before of like, wow, every scene, with the exception of the, of the obligatory training montage scene, yes. every scene really works towards moving the story forward and teaching us more about the characters and like strengthening the idea of here you have Magneto who is ruled by hate and Professor X who is super idealistic and there's this early bond between them. They really get along. They're friends. They want the same things, but they just can't get out of, get them from the same by the same means. They, mm-hmm. uh, one of them, you know, is is really into uh, you know peace at all costs. The other uh, is is you know willing to sort of subjugate, stand up, and take what uh, what he thinks he deserves. And it, that is ultimately um, that's ultimately what drives them apart. But you can tell that they are still basically friends. Like they still care a lot about yes. each other. Which is the whole thing with those characters, and I thought that was handled really well. It was the center, the emotional center of the movie, and uh, I was impressed to see them carry that all the way. Um, I thought that the addition of making Mystique sort of uh, Professor X's kind of stepsister, it worked. It wasn't as exploited as I thought it could have been for interesting scenes, and ultimately it kind of fizzles out a little bit at the end, but it still worked for me uh, pretty well. Um, but the uh, overall, I thought all the characters had like something they wanted. They basically even like you know minor characters like Banshee had some pretty good scenes that lent towards their character, not just here's some cool powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was pretty good. There was a a well, I don't want to spoil anything, but there are uh, there are deaths. And I'm not going to tell you who or how significant, but uh, I liked the characters enough to be like, oh. That's too bad. <laughs> which was which was kind of impressive, and it wasn't even a character that I had a personal attachment to from the comics or anything like that. It was just because I had seen them in the movie, and it was impressive that they were able to do that. Yeah, I, I didn't actually see that coming. I know what you're talking about. Right. Um, so it did s- have that effect. Did you stay after the credits? Um, I did. I, I tend to stay after for every 
film. I never. I think you told me about a uh, movie stingers. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and for a while I looked at that, but now I just kind of like I I like not knowing honestly. Okay. Um, and plus it gives me time to like gather my stuff in the theater. And was there uh, something after the credits? No, there's nothing after the credits. Oh, okay. Um, I heard a rumor that there was, but I didn't stay because I thought there wasn't. Anyway. Which I kind of like that Matthew Vaughn did that because a part of me wants to think that he's like, okay, everyone's doing this now, especially these superhero movies. Yeah. So I think I'll just try and avoid it. Yeah, sure. Um, but good for him. Because uh, now there, no one's to speculate about the you know 4,000 Deadpool sequels they're going to make <laughs> and where he's going to be in those sequels. Um, right. And no one else is saying, oh, no, hold on, I saw the end where he was in Japan now and blah, blah, blah happened. Um I'm kind of happy about all this. Totally. Uh, I, okay, what you said I agree with. Um, I think I might exaggerate uh, it more for my rating. Um, I thought that a lot of these things, like the Mystique uh, Professor X example that you gave, um, were kind of weak. And while they didn't drive the, uh, uh, like, they, they didn't drag the film down. Like, the film never felt slow or anything. Yeah. Um, I thought, like, looking back, they seemed like weak elements that they could have been cut from an already long film. Um, and some of it was just in there as, like, fan service, too. And granted, that sort of thing's not for me anyway. Uh, but I had a very enjoyable time in this movie. I think it's a, uh, a great summer film, and if, a part of me wants to actually recommend it over Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm willing um, to make that summer entertainment. I know my rating is higher than what I gave Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean, but as far as summer entertainment goes, I think this is great. Um, you know, It's hot outside, uh, so go inside and get a huge soda and the bag of popcorn and sit in the air conditioning and enjoy uh, X-Men. It has all the great markings of a summer film, I think. I agree. Um... Uh, the only other thing I think I think it's important to say is that the beast makeup looked ridiculous. Um, I oh oh they yeah, really that was just uh, should have fixed that. Glad you mentioned that. Uh, and this might just be me, but I something about the X Men series, except for maybe the first one, oddly enough, and that was uh, almost a decade ago, or was it a decade ago? Like eleven years. Uh, ago. it was about that a decade. Was, yeah, that was when Halle Berry's yeah. wig looked ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. That was the worst part about that movie. But now it's the CG effects, and I think this film kind of suffered from that. We didn't get as bad as the Wolverine level was uh, with a floating uh, Patrick Stewart head and whatnot. Uh, but there were moments in this film. I was like, okay, this looks kind of cartoony looking. It, that, um, the movie then, looked cheap in a way I appreciated, where they're like, look, we're not going to waste your money. Like it was sort of like at other we times, got though, the story looked, across. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Well, other times, the, like uh, the art direction, production design, especially the '60s stuff and the outfits was was amazing. Yeah. And so when you throw a cheap CG effect in, that sort of throws me off. I think. I can see that. Um, so yeah, I had a complaint about that too. But uh, honestly, it kind of adds the summerness of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was reflected in my rating. Um, I give this film a six in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's better than a lot of the uh, superhero movies as of late. Um, and it gets me kind of excited about uh, like a first class two, second class? I don't, wait, wait. X-Men second class uh, citizens. X-Men second class citizens. <laughs> <laughs> Thematically appropriate. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. Um, so your thoughts on uh, X-Men first class? I, I don't know if I... I'm excited. To, I want to see more, but I don't know if I want a direct sequel to this. That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see... I maybe want to see like... <laughs> another five to ten years down the line where we are versus something right after this. Well, I mean, for me, this is kind of like a Casino Royale uh, Quantum of Solace type thing. Yeah. Where I wasn't a huge fan of Casino Royale, but I saw, uh, like, all the makings of what could be, like, after this. You know, I mean, if you're starting all over from scratch, you have to get all this stuff out of the way, right? Right. Um, and I, I think, was the only person in the world who really loved Quantum of Solace because suddenly they made a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that they could do that now. They've set everything up, and so, you know, a direct sequel of X-Men Second Class, I think second, whatever they're going to call it, um, could really, like, get the ball rolling towards where we know these characters are going eventually. Right. Um, 
and plus now that uh, I mean obviously you guys the trailer shows you this we know that uh, Professor X and Magneto end up as Professor X and Magneto right and now that they're those people like I want to see the instant clash that happens after that you know that's true a part of them will still want to be friends because this is right after everything that's happened I by the way complete fan service um, I loved that the very last shot of Magneto in the movie he was dressed in the the costume he first appeared in his first appearance which is kind of a goofy costume but like it's basically really elegant pajamas yeah exactly that's right, yeah. and it's and he noticed he didn't even he he full on painted Kevin Bacon's helmet red with uh-huh, he added he a purple antenna to it as well <laughs> yes. they're like we're going all the way with it and i just kind of appreciate that that part was neat and it's okay because it's the only time someone appears in a movie in a cape but if it'd been like a recurring thing i'd be like okay movie you're getting a little over the top yeah. for me uh, but it worked there at the end because he's like entering this room and suddenly he has a cape. And I joined his side if he was dressed like that, Ryan. Yes, absolutely. Um, anyway, so also, he's like, and look at these people. Like they paint over the door. They're all like huddled together in the doorway. <laughs> like, yeah, join us. It's great. <laughs> it's right. Kind of neat. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, so. I gave the movie an eight. Enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Is this a- I, t- I kind of thought a 7 from you, so I'm actually glad to hear as a uh, big uh, comic book X-Men fan that you're giving this an 8. I am. I, they were actually pretty reverent to... Well, the thing is, they were not reverent to the events of the Origins of the X-Men, which are very different from this. Yes. Yeah, um, but then again, it's one of those things, there's probably like four or five different versions, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, the, the, the core, you know, first five X-Men, uh, of them only Beast shows up here. Um, but uh, they were very reverent to the characters. Even side characters like, well, Banshee's a little bit off book, but, you know, side characters like Beast, uh, he, that is basically what happened in terms of how he get, went from just a gangly-looking weirdo to blue dude, and he also is known for not being particularly good with women, and he kind of definitely demonstrates that. Uh, he's a good character. He's a good character. So, yeah, they were reverent to the characters, even if they weren't reverent to any specific events, which I think is much more important. So, as a fan, right. I definitely approved um, but I liked, yes. Uh, so X-Men First Class. Highly recommend it. Um, now, wait, so... where does this fall in terms of your superhero ratings? Was six the highest you've given a superhero movie? No, no, Not no, counting, not. I guess, Superman. Probably. Yeah, it depends on how technical you want to get for... I mean, you say not counting Superman, but that's a superhero movie. Um, but I'm saying... I'd have to look at the list. Like, Tim Burton's Batman, I think, has an eight from me. Oh, okay. Um, uh, the Christopher Reeve, uh, Christopher Reeve's uh, Superman... Uh, has probably seven or eight. I can't remember. Like I, I'm just pulling this out now. But if you want to get real technical, there's movies like Kickass. Like do you call all that a comic movie? It's based on a comic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Movies like Men in Black. Like I don't, that's getting real technical. But I've given those like both eights or nines. I, I mean, a superhero stuff. movie. So yeah, I'll count Kickass. So you're thinking like you're, but I think you're thinking more like along the lines of Thor, like some like well-known mm-hmm, superhero mm-hmm, movie, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not some like small-time graphic novel or whatever. I've been told that I need to watch Tim Burton's. Um... Batman movies again, and that I actually won't like them as much as I used to. No, who told you that? I was hoping that where that was going was uh, you'd rediscover them, is what that person was trying to tell you. Uh, uh, Ryan, not long after seeing The Dark Knight, I bought the uh, two-disc uh, deluxe edition of... They actually released a two-disc deluxe edition of every ba- uh, every of the first four Batman films. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Batman 3, Batman, for, uh, Batman and Robin, I should say. And of course, I only bought the two Tim Burton ones. Um, and I put the, I think I gave both of those an eight, but I really still like those films. I think if anything... The person might be saying that because they're dated, and now that they have the Christopher Nolan ones to compare to. Yeah. Um, but the Christopher Nolan ones just weren't for me. I think a lot of it, for, I mean, the dating, the datingness I just ignore because a lot of it's nostalgic for me. I remember going nuts, and that was actually the first VHS I ever owned was Batman. I think that part of it comes from a lot of people are going back and being like, actually, this is just as campy as as Adam West's version. Oh, just campy no. in a different way. It's not true. The, the, I, I feel like. 
uh, I don't want to speak. I, people are going to say Logan doesn't know what he's talking about because he's not a Batman fan anyway. Um, but the Tim Burton one, personally, I think is much darker than anything uh, that um, Christopher Nolan did with Batman uh, The Dark Knight or Batman Begins, I think was the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, they might be saying that based more on what they remember from the third and fourth one, you know? Well, I'll I, have to watch it again. Definitely, the, the Joel Schumacher ones definitely did taint the whole franchise. Oh, no one's arguing that. I just, I ignore those completely. Those those never happen. After uh, Batman Returns, which granted, Batman Returns I think is more of a comic book film. Uh, the, I think Batman's a very dark, moody, uh, early Tim Burton cool film. And, and you know, some of that's, uh, a lot of what they might be complaining about is also the casting of Michael Keaton. No, uh, I, think I think that, yeah, they were on board with that. Well, I don't know. I think some people don't see my, I mean, after seeing Christian Bell, who does great as Bruce Wayne, I think, um, they don't see Michael Keaton is because he's not, it's weird because Michael Keaton's not so much suave as, uh, as Bruce Wayne, he's just kind of he's this kind of like snide comment, uh, off in the shadows type guy in those films. Yeah, Michael Keaton um, did definitely make up a new Bruce Wayne. He was good at that. Yes, at the person. And he I love that. I think like he's like this great Batman voice and this great Batman look as well. Uh, while I thought Christian Bell for the most part was a terrible Batman, but I thought he was a great Bruce Wayne. Don't get me hmm. wrong. Um, but anyway, no, I I think everyone disregards my opinion on the Christopher Nolan films anyway because I'm not a huge fan of either one of those. And people who say like, oh, finally they're making like a serious. Um, like reality, sort of like reality-based Batman film, but they're completely wrong. The Dark Knight is so goofy and over the top; it makes no sense whatsoever, uh, as far as uh, like reasons for people doing things and how things. There's like a great scene in the Dark Knight where Batman literally just appears in the middle of a huge group of people. Oh yeah, there's all sorts of that kind of stuff. But then again, you, t- you look at like Batman Returns, where it's like, yeah, there's exploding penguin robots or whatever was in that movie. Well, that's what I'm saying. Batman Re- Returns is more of a comic book film. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that sort of thing, but the first Batman Tim Burton uh, film, I think, is a very dark, moody, and I'll say it's a masterpiece because I personally think it is. I really like that film a lot. Um, and whenever someone asks me my favorite comic book movie, that's the one I always name. Well, I'm gonna see that again and see if it holds up. I definitely loved it when I saw it, and I've seen it a couple times. But this—they've all been like before I was like 17, maybe. The last right. Time I saw it, so. I'd recommend it. I, I don't know. Last years. time I talked to it, though, the person said like, "Oh, but the Joker didn't kill his parents." I'm like, "No, hold on." But like, I don't know. I, it's like I said, because I'm not a comic book person, that doesn't bother me. You know, um, I personally like that in the first movie because that's great motivation for him, him, like really wanting to kill the Joker. Yeah, I'm not that like that anymore. Where I would okay. care about that as long as it made sense for the character. It, it did, I thought. Um, but anyway, okay, all that side, it's a whole yeah. aside. Now we could do a whole comic book show, perhaps someday. Um. But anyway, uh, next week we're going to be taking a break from the comic bookness because uh, it's been a lot lately. There's uh, Thor and then uh, now X-Men and the upcoming Green Lantern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to go nostalgic with uh, Super 8, Ryan. Yep, Super 8. The old J.J. Uh, Abrams gives us a Spielberg movie. Yeah, we're still uh, we're still kind of comic booky when I think about it, though. Because yeah. Abrams, yeah, has got the nerds behind him. Um, but it's weird that we've reached that point now where people want to make movies like their heroes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Spielberg being one of those, I guess, for J.J. Abrams. Uh, he's really going out of his way, because, uh, like, I was on IMDb a second ago, uh, while you were talking about something. <laughs> whatever. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And the, the picture, like, there was just some random production photo from Super 8, and it looked like it was from E.T., you know? Yeah, of course. Uh, he's trying to do that, exactly. Uh, but we'll see. that. I think that could go either way. Uh, right now, I'm excited about Super 8, so we'll see. Um, I, think, I think I'm just excited that the early edition guy still looks like the early edition guy. <laughs> He he's not a little agey uh, around the edges there. Think so? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Edges, yeah. I also back to X Men First Class. I love that Kevin Bacon's like, for because of my powers, I don't age. I'm like, you know, I would have stopped earlier than that. <laughs> I wouldn't if I if I was not going to age, I would have gone footloose. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. I was wondering about that too. Um, 
I would have gone uh, Animal House or Friday the 13th, Kevin Bacon. Keep it young. Uh, keep it really young, uh, especially Friday the 13th when he gets the, the butt squeeze. Sure. Uh, which is really nice. That's I clearly my, where you want to stay forever. Still my favorite, yeah, Kevin Bacon uh, film moment of all time. There's this close-up of one Kevin Bacon butt cheek, Ryan, as yeah. he gets squeezed. Uh-huh. And then he gets killed by Jason, which is still one of the best murders of all the Jason films. Oh, yeah, the uh, uh, under knife the bed, the, through the knife, bed, yeah. Uh, the arrow through under, yeah, the, the bed, arrow? which is great because, uh, yeah, it's an it's a arrow. I thought it was a machete uh, or something. No, okay. uh, Jason didn't have the machete at that point. Well, it wasn't Jason. Although it wasn't anyway. even Jason at that point, yeah, right, right. Um, although technically he's man's arms when you look at it. That's still a great scare, though, because watching it over and over again, uh, like just suddenly the arms grab him underneath the bed. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, Ryan, they're having sex, and a dead person's in the bunk above them. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be topped until Drive Angry when Nicolas Cage ended up <laughs> killing 11 dudes <laughs> while having sex. Oh man, my uh, like entire family watched that movie, and they, it was like I kind of wish I had seen it with them because they went nuts. They said they were like talking and loving the whole thing. <laughs> um, I think that was a perfect crowd for that. But they did mention that the theater experience probably made it better with the 3D. Um, honestly, I can't imagine watching like in retrospect, I can't imagine watching Driving without the 3D. I, I think it would be kind of boring. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. The 3D definitely added to it, although I think the movie was goofy enough to sustain itself. Right, on its own. exactly. Um, but now, uh, I don't know if I could watch it. I, it might be the whole Mel Gibson effect, knowing that Nicolas Cage uh, like beats his kids or something, whatever they're saying now in the media no. about Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. It's kind of disappeared. Well, there's still a pyramid reserved for his grave, though. <laughs> of course there is. That's some sort of pyramid scheme. Yes, right. <laughs> See, if you... If you send a dollar to Nicolas Cage, he'll be able to be buried in a pyramid. Right. He'll send a dollar to a pharaoh. and then... That's right. <laughs> still exist, right? Gun repair. Um, okay. Super next week, uh, criticalin.com for daily or weekly daily blog posts, except for Saturday, Sunday. We need to give us some time off. Yeah. Don't um, get on our backs about it. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, we're on all these great things. Uh, iTunes, of course, too, where you can find our podcast. Damn straight. Oh, and you know, we should probably tell people that uh, our 100th episode is coming up fairly soon. Oh, fanfare! Uh, uh, yeah, in about a uh, month and a half, we have our 100th episode ever, which is kind of exciting. feels like we just had our 50th episode not too long ago. Um, I agree, it does, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I guess if you're listening, if this came out, it comes out Wednesday, then you probably already know what we're doing for it! That is, if you are uh, if one of our Facebooks website. or got an email from us. If not, let's tell you them right now, Logan. What we're doing is we are changing up the format a little bit, and we are going to do our standard reviews. However, we will not be reviewing any TV show or movie. In fact, we not will be re- reviewing things that are exclusively not TV shows or movies. What we want you to do, the listener, is to get in touch with us. Uh, go to criticalend.com and use our contact form or comment on this blog post or wherever you want to do it. And, or the post to read about all this in details. Yeah, or send, it, uh, send us a tweet on Twitter or Facebook, us either way, where we have a Critical End Facebook page, which I'm sure you know about. Anywho, uh, let us know what you want us to review for the 100th episode. Now, this can be anything that isn't a movie or a TV show. So, if you want us to review a book, uh, we have to give us some lead time on that, but we'll give it a shot. If you want us to review an abstract concept, like boredom, uh, we can review that, something like that. You want us to review your sister? You think she's pretty hot? We want her number. Review right there. Done. <laughs> Anything that isn't a TV show or movie, we will try to fit into our 100th episode review extravaganza. So get in touch with us as soon as possible because so we're going to need some lead time to get this stuff going. And let us know what you would like to hear us review. We would prefer if it has a vagina, too. <laughs> right. Uh, so if you know of a good uh, abstract concept with a vagina, we will get all up in. Oh, dear. Oh, you can tell we're heading towards 100 because this is what the show's come to now. <laughs> 
Uh, we've earned it, though, Ryan. We have. We've earned a little vagina. A lot of uh, a lot of tears have been shed over the over the episodes. That's true. Um, a lot of laughter has been laughed. Some, some. Uh, but no vaginas so far. Not so far. <laughs> no one's ever gotten laid off of this podcast, <laughs> unless you you have. In which case, please write in. We will review that. <laughs> yes. That you were playing us on the stereo, and it got all it got her all hot and bothered. Oh my god, more bothered than anything I would hope. <laughs> and I would imagine you like no, turn that off type way. She's very bothered by this. Uh, <laughs> whole situation here. Anywho, no. until next week, Logan. Uh, yes. We will see you, and we'll be preparing for 100 episodes. So uh, send us an email. Please do. Uh, I will see you next week right. for Super Eight. Super Eight. See ya. Okay. Bye bye.